The sermon for the 19th Sunday after Pentecost is from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. The sermon is entitled, How Much More is Jesus? Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah is a cautionary reminder of the consequences of sin and rebellion. In Genesis 19, the angels came to visit Lot, Abraham's nephew, and as he lived in Sodom, the angels warned him to flee because of their wickedness. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. And as the Lord raided on Sodom and Gomorrah, sulfur and fire, Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Now in Luke 18, Jesus teaches the parable of the persistent widow, a story that would call us to persistently pray and not lose heart. For it was Christ who taught the disciples about the end times in chapter 17, as he mentioned Lot as an example. Jesus says in chapter 17, Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it. See, Jesus teaches the importance of persistently looking to the faith that is in Christ Jesus. For if we look elsewhere, like Lot's wife, like a pillar of salt, we know the destruction that is at hand. And thus, we ought to look to Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, that in these end times to which we live, in this time of waiting, Yes, we endure. Yes, we persevere. Yes, we are called to take up the cross and follow him. Yet in this waiting in our sin, how not any of us, how we are immune, losing heart and becoming discouraged as we await the final day. Now, Jesus told this parable because he knew what the disciples were to face. And so us the faithful, how this persistent widow who kept going to the judge, not just any judge, but a judge who did not fear God nor man. In other words, this judge could care less about anything but himself. But lo and behold, there was this widow who, who, who was persistent, demanding justice. She just wouldn't stop. She always came back to the judge, demanding justice against her adversary. And just as anyone would, even an unrighteous judge, what do you think he thought? Oh, man, this woman, she will never give up. She's constantly after me. All right. Okay. I get it. I will give in. See, she did not look elsewhere. She kept on going to the judge, pleading her case. 
Though the judge wanted nothing to do with her, she was persistent. And the unrighteous judge caved in. The unrighteous judge. But here Jesus drives home the point. If the unrighteous judge is giving in, how much more is the mercy of God? If the unrighteous judge gives in, how much more is Jesus for us? For our Lord says, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? And this is the tension of the text. Yes, we know our Lord is gracious and merciful, that He hears our prayers. Yet in this time of waiting, what happens? We look. Where do we look? How easy it is in our fallen nature to look to the world in this time of waiting, to persevere in this world as if this is only what we have. And the, and the devil may say, look, this world will make your heart full, so go and seek after it. No need to pray. No need to hear God's word. No need to have such things. No, go persist in this world. Because this will fulfill you, the devil says. And in that moment of temptation, as it was for our first parents, oh wow, it looks so good. So right. Yet we know that the devil's brew will only lead to a losing heart, to a pillar of salt. I know waiting on this side of paradise is not easy. It's difficult, especially as Christians. The devil, the world, the flesh, we see those temptations near, near us. But yet the Lord says to pray and not lose heart. Rejoice always, it says in Thessalonians. Pray without ceasing because the prayer life, such an important part, a privilege, a gift of the Christian life. Some may quantify the prayer life as how many times do we have to pray, Pastor? Right? How many times will God be pleased with us? How many times? A dozen? Two dozen? Three dozen a day? How many times will it please God? And the prayer life becomes what? The prayer life becomes about self-righteousness. But when I ask you the question, how is your prayer life? The question truly examines, well, who do we trust? Who are we looking to? Where do we flee? That's what the question really asks. Where is our faith in the time of enduring and persevering in this one true faith? Was there a time in your life where prayer became rather droughted? where prayer became very uh, apathetic or indifferent. It is a time where we, well, 
examine the deeper spiritual problem that is of our sin. You know, you know the Bible verse in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7 about prayer, right? Jesus says, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened. This is Jesus, his invitation for prayer. It's there for you. It's your gift. And you know the merciful Lord hears you time and time again. You're not wondering, right? Jesus is commanding you to do these very things because he is your savior. But I want you to ask yourself this honest question today. Where are you looking? You know, where are you looking? You know, so sinful we are, honestly. How we look to our idols believing that they will give us what we need, don't we? What we desire, what our carnal hearts cherish. And as we see our sin, as we see our idols, the question is, can we look, can we seek these idols to be our eternal remedy? Can we trust in these idols to grant us forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation? Can we trust in these idols to give us eternal rest? And of course the answer is absolutely not. But even so, how all of us are guilty fleeing to these things as if they do. See, the word shows us as it is God breathed, as we read in the morning of the epistle. It does show us our sin and it calls us to repentance. It cuts to the heart what we're really dealing with in our flesh. But also the word is a life-giving word, a comforting word that says, look to me. Look to Jesus. Will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? You know, compared to the unrighteous judge, the one that wanted to do nothing with anyone, he just wanted himself and he caved in, how much more is Jesus for you? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much more is Jesus for you? As the word says, if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, as you confess your sins this morning, you're not wondering if the Lord hears your confession. You're not wondering if he forgives you of all your sins. No, our Lord is merciful. He is full of compassion. Full is not even quantifying how full his compassion is for us. God is full of his unending grace that though we are, and the fact is we are poor, miserable sinners, that we deserve eternal condemnation. And though we do not deserve any light of day with our Lord, 
It is God who has everything to do with us. It is our Lord who gives justice to his elect. Justice, that is an interesting word, isn't it? In other words, what is our fair sentence for what we have done as sinners in front of God? What do we deserve? For it is our Lord who gives justice to his elect. See, that's how much our Lord has to do with us. Everything he has to do with us. By the mercy of God, our Lord delivers his justice for you. What we deserve, our Savior, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, took upon himself. Sin and death, this is not what Jesus deserved. But for you, how much? How much does the Lord love you that he sent his only begotten Son to be your justice? And the justice is only found in the cross. That is your justice. The crown, the blood, the pain, the tears, there Jesus shed his blood to wash away your sins. Remember, what is the fairest sentence for our sin? And the Lord says, no, I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus who stands in your place, paying the price, the penalty, the punishment for our sin, not with silver or gold, but with his holy, precious blood. This is justice. How much does the Lord have to do with us? He has to do so much for us that right now we stand boldly and confidently knowing that Jesus is the Christ, the one who has forgiven us of all of our sins. It is our Lord. That's how much who sent his son to give you eternal life. We see these flowers here today and yesterday. We rested upon the resurrection of our Lord and the victory that he has given over the tomb, over our death. And so it is for us. Our Lord is merciful, he is gracious, he is full of compassion, and thus we too rest in what he has given to us. Not by our own merit or by our own earning of eternal life, no, our gracious Lord, by his righteousness, by his justice has given to you, remember, your justification, you are forgiven of all your sins. Justice has been met by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, who is sufficient for all of you. And thus, as we await what is to come on the last day, the day of the Lord's return, we cling to faith, trusting in His mercy, residing in His grace, Resting in the eternal peace, knowing how much 
more our Lord truly is. How much more is He? Can we quantify how much that is? So much more. More than anything of this world. More than anything that we covet. More than anything that we bring to the table. And thanks be to God for that. Because as we await, we know where we are looking. Not wondering if it has been done. No, we are looking because it has been done. It has been finished. This is the word that is tried and true that you hear time and time again because there in his word, you will never lose heart. Because Christ keeps you. Because Christ will never let you lose your heart. Christ gives you his word. He gives you your promise. He gives you the gift of prayer. And there is a child of God. Oh, there you go. In those very words. How much more is Jesus? Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.